All right. All right. Well, today, um, the name, so it happened to me again. I, I named, our, I titled the sermon this morning, Faith Versus Works. But as I really started digging and getting into it, it's more about living in the Spirit. And we're going to talk a lot about living in the Spirit. So I know that sometimes the Holy Spirit is a bad word in a Baptist church. So um, as we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit, I hope that no one, I am not going to break out in tongues um, or weird laughter or start running laps around the building. Um, so anyway, the, uh, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit this morning, we're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in our salvation um, and how that works with faith. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And so if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 3. We're jumping into Galatians chapter 3. going to be looking at verses 1 through 9. So the past couple of weeks, it was, you know, we had Lily and then Ben both wanting to learn how to ride their bikes without training wheels, right? And so we went through this phase where, you know, they, they got where they were really good on their bikes with training wheels, and they could do it on their own, and they were self-confident, and they were, they were ready to go. They could ride around in circles, and everything was cool. But then they said they wanted to ride their bike like the big kids did, without the training wheels. And so, you know, I got out the few tools that I know how to use, and I took off the training wheels off their bikes. And so, so I, we got out, Lucinda and I got out there in the, in the, in the street with the kids, and, and they're, they're on their bikes. And, they're, and so I remember with Lily in particular, we're trying to tell her, you know, hey, listen, you got you to start going forward so that you can balance, right? You can't just start off balancing. So you got to go, got to be moving forward. And then you got to pedal. And then you got to steer. When you really think of it, there's a lot that goes into riding a bike, right? And so she's like, she's like okay, so I got I to gotta steer and I got to, you know, so of course she can't do but one of those things at a time, right? So she's, so we get on a little bit of an angle, a downhill and as soon as you try to let go, she's like, what are you doing? Let go, don't let go of me, hold on to me, you know? And then it's like, okay, all right, I got you, I got you. And Lucinda did the, it's not really lying when you're a parent and you say, I got you, and then you let go, because you had them at that moment, and then you let go, right? I got you, I got you, oh, you're doing great, you know? And so we did some of that, and, and Lucinda was holding them, and then she was like, oh, okay, well, I can do this. Well, give me a push, right? And so then there's the, there's the push, but there's, that, there's that, that dependency, right? And most of us, most of us, when we start into the Christian walk, when we start into the Christian life, we're a lot like the kids taking the training wheels off, right? We don't know how to live as a Christian. We really don't know how to read our Bibles. We really don't know how to pray. We don't know how to grow together as the body of Christ. So this is all new to us. And so we cling to God. We cling to the Holy Spirit. We cling to our brothers and sisters in Christ in hopes that we will learn. Well, as we start to learn how to bounce a little bit, then we start to learn, oh, I can turn the handlebars and shift my weight and go where I want to go. And, oh, I can do that while pedaling at the same time. Now, I see her she goes our driveways at an angle and so that's like the shuttle liftoff she'll go down and then she'll go as many times as in a circle in the cul-de-sac as she can and she's pedaling and she she's racing with the other kids down the hill and so she's she now we make them wear helmets you know because let's be honest that's our retirement plan 
Um, and so, so we, we, we make them wear helmets, and they do so good. And then here comes Ben, and Ben's right behind her, and Ben learns how to do the same thing. We do the same thing. We get where we learn our routines. We learn the skills. We even learn the churchy language that we have, churchinese. And next thing you know, well, we can do it on our own. We stop clinging we stop clinging to the Father. We stop clinging to God to learn and to grow and to, to be connected to Him. And we, we, we realize, well, I can do this apart from Him. And of course, none of us say that audibly. Hopefully, you have not said that audibly. Um, but this how we live. It's the way we treat the situation as if we've learned to live independent of God. We've learned to live as Christians independent of God. That you can avoid the bad things, and you can do some of the good things in your own ability. And you can. You can do some things in your own ability. This morning, I am going to challenge you clearly to live a life that is dependent upon the Holy Spirit working in your life. I'm going to challenge you to live your life dependent upon the Holy Spirit to be the disciple of Jesus Christ that you were saved to be. So let's jump in. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by the Spirit? Are you now finishing by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If in fact it was for nothing. So then, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it by believing what you heard, just like Abraham who believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness? You know then that those who have faith... These are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaimed the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, All nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. Awesome passage. And I love it. When we think about Galatians, we don't often think about this as a chastising letter. But I told you back in the very first sermon in the series that Paul doesn't come right out the gates and say, Hey, I remember you with loving kindness every time I pray for you, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't have those gushy emotions in chapter 1 that we see in a lot of the other letters. This is a chastising letter. And we see it here where he says, You foolish Galatians. You've had this shift, this change in theology that went away from living out your life in faith by the Spirit to trying to earn it by what you do and trying to be good enough. In the last few weeks, we've talked about the idea that you can't be good enough. And there's absolutely nothing that you can do to earn God's love. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing that you have done or will do that will make God love you less. So we're working from a position of we have God's best. We have God's best love and we see God's best love portrayed for us in the person of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for our sins. 
You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only, only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So let me say this. We biblically do not believe that you receive the Holy Spirit after salvation. There are some denominations, there are some who, who say that you receive the Holy Spirit after, sometime after you've been saved, yada, yada, yada. We do not believe that. We believe that you receive the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians chapter 1, as a mark of your salvation at the time of salvation. At the moment that you get saved, you receive the person of the Holy Spirit. That should excite you, encourage you, and scare you all at the same time. Excite you that, hey, God lives in you. Encourage you that you can do this and scare the bejesus out of you because he is in you while you're doing those things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Right? I mean, it's not just that he sees you doing it. It's that he's in you while you... Ooh, mm, that's another sermon. So, I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? You didn't earn the Holy Spirit. You didn't do good enough. There's no Holy Spirit badge that we get for doing good enough stuff. Oh, you went and worked at the Smithfield Rescue Mission. That's awesome. You get a Holy Spirit badge. It doesn't work that way. So it's, it's not a matter of what you do. It's not a matter of what you don't do. It's not like a, oh, you ate, you ate a salad for lunch today. Well, there's a, there's a star on your, on your chart, you know. It doesn't work that way. So the way it does work is, is that so you didn't receive the Holy Spirit by what you did or what you didn't do. Did you stay away from certain sins? Did you commit certain sins? That's not how the Holy Spirit works. So if you didn't receive it by what you did or through your works, then how did you receive it? He says, did you receive the Spirit through what you heard? Think about that for a minute. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by what you heard? Notice that he doesn't specifically say the gospel. Here's why I think that's important. It's because it's not just the gospel. It's the proclamation of the gospel. Follow me on this. In the Christian life, one of the things that I've seen so much, and it, and it does drive me nuts, and if you're one of the people that does this, stop it. Um, is when people take, I don't mean stop it. If, if, if the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, do it. the Holy Spirit leads you to do. That's not my middle name, right? My middle name's Kristen. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, it's a girl's name. Um, so, but is when people go to, when people go to a restaurant like Bojangles or, or you know, if that's a restaurant, if they, when they go to a restaurant and they take a gospel track and they leave it as a tip, Really? Like, that is not how you share the gospel. Or you leave, the, you leave a gospel track with your tip on the table. That's not how you share the gospel. It's the proclamation of the gospel, which you heard. Which you heard. It's the personal nature of it. It's the idea that, it's the idea that you, whether it was in a VBS class when you were eight years old, or whether it was in a, in a college um, Christian group or, or whether it was sitting down with a friend over coffee, at some point somebody loves you enough 
to tell you that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And that the problems that you're facing and the, the sin that you're struggling with, it's not just bad choices. We all make bad choices, but it's that you have a sin problem. And this is an eternal problem. This is a problem that will set the direction for you in eternity. So at some point in your life, someone loved you enough to sit down and say, here's the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus did for you, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so maybe it wasn't just that. Maybe a friend said, hey, come to church with me. And you went to church with your friend, and you heard the good news of Jesus Christ. At some point in your life, you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You confessed your sins. You received grace and forgiveness, and you are now a child of God. But it's because you heard. Brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you in this. It's because you heard. That which you heard, how have you told to other people? That which you were told, that which was invested in you, that which you have sat in rooms like this and maybe this very room, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you have heard the good news of Jesus Christ, and we probably even take it for granted because we've heard it so much. But did you know, I heard a story of a young man who grew up in Wendell who got all the way to college and had never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. They heard the name Jesus, but they'd never heard the story. They'd never heard the gospel. They'd never heard of um, how Jesus died for their sins. And it wasn't until this young man grew up in a community not far from here, heard the gospel, received it, got saved, and is doing amazing things for the kingdom of God now. It's not just for you to receive it's for you to become an ambassador on the behalf of Christ to reach other people. So that which you heard, that which you were privileged enough to hear, that which changed your life and made you into a new creation, according to 2 Corinthians 5, made you into a new creation, also makes you into an ambassador. Same passage of 2 Corinthians 5. Makes you into an ambassador for Christ. That which we hear. So if you can't do it, if you can't earn it, if you can't work for it, if you can't do all the right things and avoid all the bad things, if you can't do that and it's based on what you heard, then just like Abraham, the example that he gives in this passage, it was accounted to Abraham who acted on what he heard. If you heard the gospel, if you heard the good news of Jesus Christ and you just went on your way and, and ignored it, then you, you're not saved. It's at the point that we hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit works in us, calling us to salvation. We repent of our sins and we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Like we talked about last week, for I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And if that's your story... If that's your story, then you heard the good news and you responded with repentance and surrender. And that's it. So it's simply this. It's not about earning your salvation, earning your way to heaven. It's about believing. It's about believing and acting on that belief. You know? It's like if I told you, if I said, 
hey, it's cold outside. And you said, sure. And you didn't change what you were wearing. You just walked outside. Sure, you may have believed me, but it didn't cause you to act. But if I said, the building's on fire. And you said, sure. And you just sat there. Bless your heart. Um, hopefully, you would be, hopefully you would be smart enough or you'd have a friend who's smarter than you that would drag you out of the building, right? Um, so that's the whole point is we act on that which we believe. This is a belief that we put into action. If indeed you have received the Spirit, if indeed you have believed, if indeed you have put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ and your faith in Jesus Christ, that in that moment, in that moment that you take your last breath, you know that in the next you will see Jesus Christ. That is faith. Have you put your faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ? Because if you have, then you have received the Holy Spirit. We don't get saved. We don't get saved to sit on the sidelines. We don't get saved to just be comfortable in church. We don't get saved to buy all the cool Christian-y stuff and go on living our lives the way that we want to live our lives. For if we've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. For his glory, for his name's sake. So it's not about us at all. Living by the Spirit. In verse 3, are you so foolish after beginning the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing, if in fact it was for nothing? So then does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law, or is it by believing what you heard, just like Abraham who believed God and it was accredited to him for righteousness? You began in the Spirit. At the moment that you received Christ, at the moment of your salvation, you received the Holy Spirit. Again, Ephesians 1 talks about us being marked by the Holy Spirit as a sign of our inheritance to come. If you have been saved, you have received the Holy Spirit. You began in the Spirit. And do you remember what that was like? And it's not the same for every person. For me, when I got saved... As a junior in college, DVDs were just catching on. But I remember going to the local Christian bookstore and I got, I got a Jesus video set, right, on VHS film. Because, I mean, I was reading the Bibles. I was reading the Bible. I got so excited. I chose 1 Corinthians. I don't know why I did not have somebody that stepped into my life and pointed me to a gospel first. But I started with 1 Corinthians. And so as I'm reading 1 Corinthians, man, I'm just, I got questions out the wazoo. And I'm like, I'm, re I'm watching this Bible thing. And I'm going to church. And I'm going to Sunday school. I'm going to Bible study. I'm taking Bible classes in college. I wanted to learn and grow and know as much as I can. I don't know if that was your thing, but like when you first got saved, were you just hungry? You just wanted to know. You wanted to soak it up, right? And if you were, if there was a, I remember, and now maybe this is a college thing, but I remember I would, they would say, hey man, we're going to get together and we're just going to pray some, we're, we're going to play some praise and worship music. And then we would get together and the guitar would be going and man, we are just singing and giving praise to God and we would pray. Somebody would stop and read scripture and man, we had an amazing time. Anytime I could get together with other believers, I was excited. I didn't wake up on Sunday morning like, well, here we go again. 
get the coffee ready, you know. Um, it was, there was an excitement, there was a joy in coming together. I was going to learn something new. I was going to learn something new. And you know what? At that point in my life when I did learn something new, you know what I did with it? I told it to somebody else. I just had to because it was the coolest thing. I'd learned something new about God or something new about Jesus, and I just had to share it with other people. When you began in the Spirit and you were passionate and fervent and excited about Jesus, what did you do? You lived it. You told other people about it. Being a Christian just wasn't a part of your routine. It was who you were. It's who you are. I think we need to get back to that place. We get back to that place where we're living in the Spirit. After, after beginning by the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? How many of us are guilty of that? We began by the Spirit. We started off by the Spirit, but now we live in the flesh. And he goes on to talk about miracles. So then does God, in verse 5, so then does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it by believing what you heard, just like Abraham who believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness? Show of hands. Just to wake up a few people in the audience. Show of hands. How many of you would love to see a miracle? Anybody? Okay. So pretty much everybody would love to see a miracle. Let me assure you, you will not see a miracle if you're sitting in the cheap seats, right? You won't. So if you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're sitting on the sidelines and you're, you're wanting to, you want to, to get out there and, and, and you want to see God do something amazing, then you have to get out of your routine. You have to, you have to step out in faith in the same way that God told Abraham to go and he went and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You want to see God do something amazing? Don't do what you do every day the same way you do it every day, the same routine, and just think, God, I want to see a miracle. You know? What are you doing? You want to see a miracle? Tell people about Jesus. I mean, you want to see God do something so amazing? Then represent him in a place that he's not represented. You want to see lives change? Then be the one who shares the gospel, who proclaims the good news, and watch the Holy Spirit do what you can't. Here's the cool thing. We've talked about this before. I felt a little convicted about this. So this week, Landon and I went to the, to the Johnson Baptist Association meeting, and we were talking, and this dude from Indonesia was up there talking, and he's a missionary from Indonesia, and we're listening to him. And he's like, you know, in Indonesia, we don't really do the whole relational relational evangelism thing we just meet with somebody and just share the gospel with them the first thing right out the gate we just share the gospel with them and, and my, my my initial educated instinct was well you're wrong you have to build that relationship you have to nurture that relationship you have to earn the right to share the gospel and then i thought then the guy started talking he's like and the reason we do that is because we're trusting in the holy spirit for salvation not ourselves and i was like well ow so this is what having your toes stepped on feels like, you know? And so I'm like, okay, all right. And he's right. He's right. Man.
man, if we want to see people get saved and we want to see the Holy Spirit actively at work in the lives of other people, we've got to go out and share the gospel. Because the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit is not going to work through us just sitting on our derriere. It's when we're faithful. It's when we step out and we, and we share with people and we invest in other people and we share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. That's when we see the Holy Spirit work. Through the proclamation of the good news. So let's go proclaim Jesus and watch him do what he does. And there's no magic spell. There's no magic formula. This is not Hogwarts. Okay? So I'm not going to say like, Gospelus repairum or whatever. That doesn't work. Right? So it's when we go and we tell people, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. But we're saved through the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Because of what he did on the cross. When he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave and defeated sin and death, we can have forgiveness for eternity and become children of God. You need a second chance. I needed a second chance. And I took advantage of it and I became a new creation through Jesus Christ. When we proclaim, it's it's not hard. If you know enough to get saved, then you know enough to tell somebody else how to get saved. It's just about being faithful and obedient. And when we're faithful to proclaim it, it's the Holy Spirit who works in them to call them to salvation. It's not a matter of how articulate are you. It's not a matter of how good looking or how how smooth you are. If you're a good salesperson, it's not about that. It's just a matter of being faithful. Just do it and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does in them. There's no magic formula. It's just us being faithful. Be who God called you to be. And the way that we do this is by living in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit, walking daily in the Spirit, following God's direction in the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all... now? For you guys that are younger and have only known a remote for your TV, bless your heart. Um, (coughs) When I was growing up, we had the big box TV, right? The one that would kill you if it fell on you. You know what I'm talking about? Like you needed a forklift to get a TV in your house, you know? And then the screen was only 13 inches, you know what I mean? And I I remember having those knobs, right? Like, Like when I wanted to change the channel, kids, listen to this. When I wanted to change the channel, I had to get up. I had to actually walk up to the TV and click the knob, and it would it'd make a clicking sound when you turn it, right? And even then, right, my Scooby-Doo would show up on the screen. Y'all know Scooby-Doo? Praise the Lord. So Scooby-Doo would show up on the screen, right? But like, it would be like, you know? And so I'd have to get the antennas, and you have to kind of, Kind of move them and twist them, right? And then sometimes you put some aluminum on them. And if you raise your right leg and suck your left finger in your belly button, you might be able to watch the rest of the episode. And then, and then sometimes you, you had the UHF and the VHF and you had to twist them and you had to come up with the right combination, right? If you get it to the right spot, you might actually have color on the whole screen, Right? I am sad to say, back in the 80s, we spent more time turning knobs to get the picture correct 
than we did digging into God's word to get our lives correct. The thing is, is that sometimes in our lives, what we need to do to to get a clearer picture, to get a clearer communication, a clearer understanding of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, what God wants from you and me, and the way that he's gifted us and talented us, and how he wants to use us, is we got to get into the word and twist them knobs. Right? We got to adjust them antenna. And that's through prayer. We've got to spend time in prayer so that God can adjust us and adjust our hearts and fine-tune the way that we think and feel and, and the way that we, we relate to God's Word. And then as we relate, as we read God's Word, as we take it in, He continues to change and shift us. And there are those times where the circumstances work out and God speaks to us through our circumstances. And there is that small, still voice that says, Go, tell them about Jesus. And there's also the reality. Guys, this is just reality. This is just how we are as human beings. Whatever we are most passionate about, whatever we love the most, just comes out of us. We can't hold it back. It comes out in our conversations. It comes out in our relationships. It comes out in in all kinds of places. The more you read the word and the more time we spend in prayer and the more time we invest in each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, the more in love with Jesus we're going to be. There's no substitute for time, right? I mean, if we were to sit down with our kids and be like, you know, love you, but I'm not going to spend any time with you. Love you. You know, how, how, how strong do you think that relationship's going to be? But when we, when, we, when we have those times where we snuggle on the couch and watch Wheel of Fortune, when we, when we go outside and we play catch, when we, when we sit down and talk and listen to each other, when we invest in each other and laugh together and have fun together, we build and nurture that relationship. And some of us, our relationship with the Lord is on life support. We say we know him, we say we love him, we say we've been saved by him. But where is that fleshed out in our relationships with him? Where do we spend time with him? Where do we tell other people about him? How is he reflected in the way that we live out there? When we come in here, it's for encouragement and edification and building up and for singing praise to God and learning from the word. But it's all so that we can go out there and shine that much brighter. What we do in here is to make us shine brighter out there. So let's work together as the body of Christ. And let's look at this last paragraph in verse 7. You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham saying, All nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. Sons of Abraham. That when God made Abraham that promise back in Genesis 12 and in 15, we see it repeated in 15, or sorry, in Genesis 15. When we see that promise in Genesis 15, that idea of, and all nations will be blessed through you. When we see that, that God says, and your descendants will be more numerous than the stars or the sand on the seashore. And he says, all nations, all nations will be blessed through you. 
Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that promise that all nations would be blessed through him. That if we have faith, if we have the kind of faith that we act on, that we live out, that affects who we are, when we have that kind of faith and we go out and live it out there, we reach people with the good news and we are fulfilling that promise. God can use you and me to fulfill that promise in reaching all the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. So how should we live? Today, this is all about, this is all about nurturing your walk and your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about turning on that sensitivity to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. So this morning, I want you to think about and process two things. Maybe this morning you came in here and you realize that you've done all the right things. You speak church in ease. You, you, you come to church regularly. You know all the rules. You blah, 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 whatever it is. You've got tons of gold stars, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And maybe this morning you heard the proclamation of the good news and the Holy Spirit is calling you to salvation this morning. Whenever the Holy Spirit, whenever the proclamation of the good news happens, there is always a chance that God is calling somebody to salvation. And I have no doubt that there are those in this room, maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you to salvation this morning. You need to become a new creation. So in this, in this time that we're going to go into of, of invitation, I want to invite you to come and talk with me about becoming a new creation and what it means to be anew in Jesus. And for the rest of us, for those of you who have already put your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus Christ, this morning I want you to, to become more sensitive to the guiding and leading of the Holy Spirit. I want you to get back to that place of being passionate and excited about learning about Jesus and reflecting him out in a dark and dying world. This morning, I want to invite you to come and put yourself in a posture of submission, to bow the knee to Jesus. I don't talk about recommitment a whole lot. You don't really hear me say recommit your life to Jesus Christ. Every day we need to recommit our lives to Jesus Christ. Every day we need to get up anew. And so for maybe for you, you realize that at one point you were passionate and you were in love with Jesus and it was reflected in how you lived. But you have not been walking in the Spirit. You've not been trusting in the Holy Spirit to use you for God's glory. And this morning, I want to encourage you and invite you to walk out of this place different than you came in. With a commitment to living out the gospel. With a commitment to walking in the Spirit and to proclaim the good news that others would come into the kingdom of God. That the Holy Spirit would be actively at work in you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So the invitation is simple. Get saved, get right. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are and how you love us. Lord God, I pray that as we, as we go into this time of response,